Would you care to step outside? Warning, PC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. All right. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to DC on RMD, the Stargirl edition. I am Michael Flores, your host for the Stargirl edition. And in the studio with me again is Bobby Doherty. Hello, Bob. What's happening? All right, so today we're going to be talking about episode five of season five. Season one, we uh, went in time five years. I was like, holy shit, how, how were the last four years? Because I don't remember. And by now we have Green Lantern and uh, <laughs> Jesus, a new Flash. And With the rate we're going, we'll probably have about 40 new heroes by season five. <laughs> Well, I have to reintroduce some. Some that aren't even written in comics yet will come out. Just make it up generic ones. They're going to X-Men 3 this bitch. Just <laughs> made up characters. Yeah. All right. So we're going to be talking about episode five of season one titled Our Man and Dr. Midnight. I got to say that they are picking some great tracks like this one by Everclear. Wonderful. It's a depressing song. Everclear was a band that pretty much made you want to slit your wrist every time you pushed play on one of their songs. Deep, deep-seated issues, rooted issues with parents, uh, bad relationships with fathers, which I think is appropriate for this episode. It's probably why it's chosen. <laughs> because uh, what the man with the silver spoon was used too many times? Yeah. So I like I like the music choices. They're definitely spending a large portion of their budget on popular songs. I always think that's important. I've always been that. And maybe that's because of our generation, like the 90s, like soundtracks were it. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, whether it was movies and all that other stuff, like uh, things like dumbass movies, like set it off and above the rim that weren't really good movies, but had dope ass soundtracks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> above the rim soundtrack dude that's that's a deep cut dude right though like yeah. the, the movie was garbage couldn't even tell you what it was about i know the soundtrack was dope though yeah it spawned a bunch of people's careers too yeah so yeah i agree it's probably because we're the music video generation that's probably what it is every movie had a music video too oh, and yeah. you would see many times you would see the first bits of footage wouldn't be from a movie trailer it would be from the music video or it wouldn't even be in the movie at all like uh, guns and roses terminator 2 that's right yeah it, you know they had edward furlong and arnold reenact their roles and it had really nothing to do with it other than the flipping of the gun and the roses yeah and you're like holy shit guns and roses are in this this is gonna be awesome yeah definitely different time but they're they're doing good with the music and I definitely like I think it's appropriate because then you also have those scenarios where you can tell a showrunner or producer is just throwing in his greatest hits like, hey, guys, in this TV show, I'm going to show you what's on my playlist. And the music doesn't always apply to the story, whereas Jeff Johns and his group of producers, they're picking tracks that are good, but also they fit the narrative of that episode for the most part. Yeah. And I want to say uh, James Gunn had talked about, he sometimes he picks the songs before he writes and that way, that's why the guardians soundtrack oh, yeah. has been so good. Yeah. It's because he had like a playlist in mind and wrote around that playlist and he was supposed to be doing the same thing for the suicide squad. 
Yeah, tone is important, man. It's very important. People don't realize that tone is a thing because it's it's subtle. It's not like overt exposition of dialogue, but tone it can be said in different ways. Cinematography, the underscore, the actual soundtrack, and it can make or break a, a TV show. Sometimes, honestly, it improves a movie or it improves an episode of TV. Well, we can even take it down a level. I, I How many times have I told you I listen to so many songs to figure out what songs I want to start my shows with? Yeah. Because it's got to get me in a right set of mood to do a certain joke or a certain thing. So, yeah, to, to, music can set that tone, definitely. Yeah. All right, so we have two more superheroes added to Team Stargirl this week, Our Man and Dr. Midnight. Uh, We originally had said that we weren't too keen on the idea of bringing everyone in so fast, but so far it's worked out fairly well. It's not perfect. There are a few issues with how much was actually going on in the episode because there was a lot. This episode probably is the most jammed, packed episode we have been given so far. And luckily, it didn't fall apart, but it did make me nervous when I saw how many moving parts were happening and how many things they were introducing and and how many things they were continuing as well. They're not letting things go by the wayside, except, of course, Amy Smart's character, which I'm still trying to the fuck she was cast for. I mean, we're episode five in, right? Five episodes in, and... (laughs) What the fuck point does she have? Uh, yeah, there's got to be some. There's got to be a payoff, right? Yeah, there's got to be at this point. If not, it's just like, yeah, you Amy Smart wanted something to do and she's friends with somebody. And, you know, we'll find out she's married to somebody that we don't know. Yeah. I will say it's nice to see that the writers are being meticulous when it comes to giving each of the characters their own hurdles to overcome. So that helps when you're dealing with an episode that's. It's filled with a lot of things, not things that would distract from plot progression, but elements that actually assist in character development and relatability. That's something I'm always talking about is relatability. Everyone seems to have its own, their own set of problems and personal issues that they will have to work through, which makes it more interesting. We always Talk about relatability. At least I do. I always say include elements that are relatable because, yeah, a person flying is great. Let's the movie that's on the top of my mind right now is Superman Returns. Let's say, okay, the movie that is very controversial for many people. You can't really relate to a guy that's unstoppable, that is from another planet that Mm -hmm. flies. But in that specific movie, Uh, his story is more about him being lonely. And I think a lot of people can relate to a sense of loneliness. And that's what this show is doing really well. They're introducing characters with very relatable and personal issues. And piggybacking off of that, this episode found time to delve into some darker themes, some of which pertain to family, depression, abuse, and neglect. So there was a lot happening, right? Yeah, definitely. It was one of those things that when they started the episode, again, I think they could have focused the whole thing on Our Man. I agree. 
Um, and that would have been fine because I think there's a lot going on in his backstory, mm-hmm. you know, that we haven't seen. Uh, one thing uh, I think I called that last week that the car wreck is Solomon Grundy just fucking people up when they're trying to leave town. Right. I think that was proved this week. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, it, it just brings this whole why are all these superheroes and supervillains drawn to this town? This tiny, small town. Yeah. Yeah. No, you butt fuck Nebraska. <laughs> and. You know, it's basically Metropolis or Gotham at this point. Yeah. It's like a, or, or a Smallville Bo- or Boca Raton. It's the retirement community of fucking villains and heroes. I don't know. I do hope they have a specific reason. There's got to be. Because I, you bring up Metropolis, but my mind went to Smallville. One of my biggest problems with Smallville is how, how okay, for example, how many times, how many heroes and known DC scenarios in comic books are going to find their way into Smallville and this town. Why? What's the reason? You got to have a reason. They were just kind of thrown in because, hey, it's a Superman story. Let's make it feel like a Superman story. Mm-hmm. And that worked for the time. But if you were to play something like that in today's audience or with today's audiences, I don't feel like it's going to go over well because we're more we're more mature in our taste. We require a little more logic behind things. So... At the end of the season, they're going to have to flesh out that. Like, why this town? It's got to be a character like Gotham. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at, at that point, it's it's the only thing that is going to make it make sense. Because it's just too many coincidences. Yeah. Uh, you know, this isn't a central city where, you know, like in Flash, where all the metahumans technically come from. You see, that's a scenario that works for yeah. Flash. Yeah. So. I agree. So overall, Bob, before we move any further, what were your initial thoughts on this episode? What worked? What didn't? Uh, female Urkel was a no-go for me. Um, I, I don't know. I found her annoying. Yeah. And that, that whole scenario, again, it, it matters how it plays out, but it's almost like the kid that you grew up and you started playing with because he had the cool toys. Mm-hmm. And now she has the cool toys and she's never going to give up those glasses. Right. Like, no, 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 no. We're looking for somebody else. Because even when they were doing the whole like joking thing about looking around, looking for her, this is like, man, this this broad is just following you around now. Like, I want to be a friend. I want to be part of this super team. It's like, what do you offer? Yeah. And it, it just, it, I don't know. I, I find her annoying. Um, but I, I like the backstory, you know, with the new hour man. And the whole, you know, I could have been somebody, but yet I was stuck here with you. I, I like that. It gives the character some background and some heart. I mean, I think they set that up properly like they did last week. Um, you know, when we, uh, you know, saw that happen with her and the whole showing her booby things. Um, so, you know, th- those are better character traits than what they did with lady Urkel about falling around because my parents don't eat dinner with me. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's weak. Sorry. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. It's my a my mom died when I was 14 and my dad worked at night. My parents didn't eat dinner with me either. I didn't follow fucking weirdos around trying to be part of some bigger group or something else. It's, it's a yeah. weird thing. So no, I agree because you have a group of characters so far that are struggling with very real problems. And then you have her coming in trying to, like be a part of the gang and yeah you're right i mean bob you lost your your family or your mom at 14 
those are that's something relatable. You can actually relate to Tyler more. Yeah. Rick Tyler. Whereas with Beth, it's like uh, your parents got busy. I mean, guess what? You grow up, you have to go to school and your parents have to work. Otherwise, you're not going to have a home to live in. That's it sucks. That's part of growing up. Those are growing pains. And perhaps (laughs) maybe that's the the relatability. Maybe uh, Jeff Johns is trying to craft uh, a little bit of everything for someone, you know, like, hey, everyone has to deal with something. This could be the more grounded, the more. Um, common issue that someone has to deal with in high school with the teenage life. Honest to God, I think it's more common for somebody to come from a broken home, whether it's a divorced parent, a dead parent, <laughs> or anything else. Listen, Bob, I'm trying to be positive. Here. Yeah, and I'm being positive that, that it's more relatable. I, I mean, I most of my friends that I mean that come into the studio, yeah. are divorced parents or something's happened. Maybe those are the people that I gravitate towards yeah. because they have something in common with me. But the fact is, it's just like, you know, it's just like, okay, this is like a privilege problem at this point. You're fucking spot on, dude. I don't disagree. I agree 100%. Sadly, she's the biggest negative for me. Last episode, when she wasn't anyone important, it was it was intriguing. Okay, to see what she was all about. But now that she's a part of the team, her problems in my opinion, she brings a lot of these problems on herself. She's awkward. She's like the kid that picked her nose in class and then wondered why people made fun of her. Yeah. She's a little pathetic. She is very desperate. And it's just it's, she's not very likable. And I feel bad for the actress because uh, I believe her name is I believe her name is Angelica Washington. She's taken a beating on social media. Oh, for real? I did. Dude, people don't like the character. Jesus, dude. I'm sorry then for. <laughs> It's a, listen. It's a job. It's not personal. It's a I job. Know, people don't every, like the. But we know how this goes in social media. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you play. People fucking hate villains, you know, and and will attack actors. And they're like, I really wasn't that person. Yeah, you know. And you find out it's a it's a dude with a British accent. And you're like, oh, you're really not that psycho murderer you played on TV. And to be fair, she is doing just. Fu- she's a capable actress. She's doing just fine with the material she's given. So if we want to be annoyed with anyone, we should be annoyed with the writers for creating this character that's just kind of an oddball that doesn't quite fit. Maybe that's what they're going for. We're only five episodes in. We have roughly, what, seven episodes left. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wait for my final judgment on this character before I say, yeah, what the fuck were we doing <laughs> with her? Because maybe she'll end up being something kind of nifty, I guess. I, I can't That's really find the word it. You're yeah, nifty. Maybe they'll find a, an interesting way to Out use of all her. the adjectives in the world. <laughs> nifty is the last thing I ever want was, you to call me. How is she? Nifty? It's pretty nifty. Yeah. Hey, what are you selling? Fucking shamwiles on fucking infomercials. It's the only positive word I could think of. Nifty. She's got glasses. It it rhymed with shitty, so I was like nifty. All right, so let's get into this officially. Episode 5, Our Man and Dr. Midnight, directed by David Strayton and written by Melissa Carter. The synopsis, Pat finds himself one step closer to learning which ISA members may be in Blue Valley. A search for Rick leads Courtney, Yolanda, and Beth to Cindy Bauman's Halloween party. I hate Cindy Bauman. Well, what is this? Thing? Do the mean girls actually exist? 
do these types of girls actually exist? Because uh, when I went to high school, these types of girls would be quickly put in their place. Uh, I, I would assume that this is a real scenario. I, I mean, just, I, I, yes, there were those girls, the popular girls who were kind of bitchy by, they had the resting bitch face. Oh, but they wouldn't be allowed in my high school to get away with these types of actions. They would be put in their place by probably everyone. Yeah. I mean, there were people in my high school and this is when I coined the phrase, you're not hot enough to be a bitch. Oh, there you go. And I, I mean, I've said that thing a thousand times in my life at bars when I got older, you know, when people just give me attitudes like, yo, you ain't hot enough to be a bitch. And I actually kind of feel that way about this girl. Like she's walking around like her shit don't stink. I'm like, you're not that it. You're not that great. I think uh, just because I know who she ends up being, I think there's some arrogance that comes with the character she's related she, to. Does she end up being a villain? I think we all know that, right? Yeah, she's yeah. a villain. She's a bad person. She's uh, the Dr. Dragon guy's daughter. Okay, yeah. I, I that, that was the Asian guy they showed the picture of. Oh, okay. On her um, nightstand when she was putting on her vampire. Yeah, I figured she would be a villain because she's completely unlikable. There's no redeeming qualities. She's just a bad person. So I figured, yeah, they're definitely... Um, they're setting it they're up. setting it up for her just to be a horrible person and also a villain. So five episodes in and I've pinpointed what I feel this show is really about. And this is the strength of this show for me. Even episode five, which has not been my favorite, despite the fact that our man was very strong, his story. There's a core element that many of our characters share. And without a doubt, this is the strength of the show so far. This is a show about people searching for their identities, searching for who they are, motivated by grief and loss. And this is a strong way to keep cohesiveness across the entire 13 episode season. It also prevents the show from being stretched into uh, into too many directions you know it keeps the struggle familiar across all of our character arcs because we are dealing with multiple characters at this at this point mm-hmm. and that's something again yes i understand star girl's part of gsa but i had figured because we're dealing with a show titled star girl we're dealing with star girl it's like is thinking the flash is going to be about the justice league do you get what i'm saying yeah so I had folk I had figured that we'd be focusing on Stargirl, but now that we know we're getting the entire JSA for the most part and an entire line of villains, I was getting a little nervous. I'm like, how are you going to make sure everyone fits together and there's no distracting, you know, plot progressions or character or stray character arcs? But they found a way to keep everyone connected in some way, at least thematically. As I said, it prevents the show from being just pulled and twisted in every direction whenever a writer wants to do something different with a character. Let's take our main characters one by one, and I'll flesh that idea further. Let's start with Pat, okay? Searching for a purpose. Who is he without Starman? Struggling with the loss of his best friend and struggling to find his place. Courtney, searching for a connection with her Missing an action father, she becomes Stargirl in hopes that this will bring her closer to her father and she will learn about herself. Struggles with loss of an absentee parent 
or struggles with an absentee parent. Yolanda doesn't like who she is and how people view her, struggles with the perception of her identity, struggles with a loss of innocence. Rick Tyler doesn't know his true parentage, thereby not knowing himself, struggles with the loss of his parents. Beth Chapel is weak sauce, but it's still there. Struggles with the changes of life, doesn't know who she is without her parents. It's all about identity. <laughs> struggles with two happy parents that are working to put food on her table. Listen, dude, she's the type of person that sets up shop in Chaz, Seattle, and demands vegan food. I'm like, <laughs> let's be honest. Dude, first world problems, yeah. dude. Every, that's why I put her at the bottom. Everybody has real issues. Even Pat. You know, even Pat. He, yeah. He's a, he's a borderline superhero, but he's dealing with, with purpose. He's dealing with loss. He's struggling with the, with the idea of putting someone else in harm's way. Courtney and now an entire band of kids. You know, you could see what they're doing for his character. It's fucking great. Yeah. And I get now why Luke Wilson, you know, read the script and said, yes, I'll do this. This is great. So everyone's stories are working together. And because I overanalyze scripts and screenplays, the writing of everything I watch, I see what Jeff Johns is doing with his writers. He's keeping everyone connected by a single thematic element. And it's identity. Again, some are stronger than others. Beth's is really weak. But what can we do about it? Exactly. At least she's <laughs> consistent, yeah. right? Um, and I, I want to congratulate you on the first show you called him Luke. Mm, I had of- it written down. <laughs> but and if you notice, I also paused for about a half a second. Just before- to remember, think, did I get this right? <laughs> uh, but I, I think that goes to the whole thing of like broken people find broken people. Oh, Yeah. I mean, it's no different than my life. Like I said, most of my friends are divorced or have been through some shit in their life. And I'm closer to those people than I am the people that have two happy freaking parents that are married. Yeah. It's because that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, whether you believe it or not, you're drawn to people that have like stories, like experiences, because when you try to talk to somebody about those things, if they don't understand, it's just like, you're not listening to me or you're not getting it. You get a lot more empathy with people that have actually been through some shit. Right. People understand you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So all these characters are basically looking for a way to fill in a missing piece in their lives. You could even throw Jordan Mockett. I think it's how you say his last name, the main villain, Icicle and Henry King Jr. Into that equation as well. They are also struggling with loss that's the reason why we found icicle so interesting and complicated Mm -hmm. because in his mind he's he's doing god's work you know he's doing the right thing let's get back to luke wilson's character real quick are we ever going to hear anything about the mom about like where the, the the original mom went for you know his original wife yeah have they touched on that at all yet no I, I, not that I paid attention, like maybe I haven't been paying attention enough. Maybe they said something f- like fast, but, but I don't it, it think It was they just have. like, it was like, oh, here's the Brady Bunch scenario. We have a daughter and a mother and a son and a da- you know, a father and they're getting together and, and we learn that Stargirl's dad is Starman and then we don't hear anything else. Maybe his son isn't his son. Maybe it's, you know, we keep wondering what the purpose is of this kid Maybe he's not even his father. Maybe he's looking out for him for some reason. Maybe he's an, he the kid doesn't even know. He's a villain. 
dun, dun, dun. Jeez. Um, it's Halloween, loser. Is that what he said this week? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I know I've, I've played like he's such an asshole, but listening to his delivery, he sounds just like Luke Wilson when he talks. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, this kid sounds like he's doing an impersonation yeah. of his dad talking. I, I caught that in this episode. Okay, dude. so it was pretty obvious this one. Like, the delivery, the cadence, everything about it was, like, old school Luke Wilson. Yes. Absolutely. I'm the godfather. It's like... I did pick up on that. Okay. And I think that's the the, the actor, the kid, is purposely playing it that okay. way. Yeah, for sure. It, which kind of helps out, I guess, if you're taking on traits of somebody that you're supposed to be a son of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with that scenario. I had not thought about the kid's mother, but I'm sure at some point they're going to have to get into it. Uh, Comic book wise, I'm not sure in terms of source material if there's even a mother or a kid. So this could be completely unique and it might be something they may save for the second season because they have so much going on. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I'm sure we'll get some type of inkling, you know, a little bit of a hint as to who the mother is and, you know, where she's at or what happened to her. Because in a scenario like this, when we're dealing with larger than life situations, she can't simply have just died of like cancer or you know, something simple, a car accident. It has to be, it has to be, you know, groundbreaking, right? In a show like this. You would hope so, because you imagine Courtney be like, my dad was Starman and he died defending the world. And then the kid's like, my mom died of cancer because she smoked too many Marlboros. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you love those uh, minty menthols. Yeah. <laughs> and the black men that came with it. Oh. Right, can I say that stuff? Yeah, you can. Okay. Just say BLM afterwards. Okay. Yeah. BLM. Yeah, it's good then. So like a little disclaimer. Yeah, I guess so. I just want to make sure it works. In fact, I'll put a new disclaimer at the beginning of the show <laughs> and at the end. Yeah. So where was I at? Where were we talking about? Um, oh, yeah. Characters all suffering, you know, in the same in some sense. And that's what keeps them all c- connected. And again, that probably might end up connecting to Pat. Maybe Pat's going through a lot more than we even know. I mean, but at this point in the game. I don't know if I want them to bring it up because there, there is so much going on. I mean, even just from the pad angle, you have the son, you have him dealing with Courtney. You also have with the fact that he, you don't know if he really wants to be a, a sidekick. You know, he, you can tell there's a bit of like reluctance there. Like, Oh great. I'm falling into this category again. I'm going to be a fucking sidekick to a, a 16 year old child. Yeah, <laughs> just repeating themselves. Uh, yeah, you, you hope that there's a lot more going on for Pat. And do, like you said, we don't really need to get into that. I think we have enough established now because it's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten to the injustice side of this. Yeah. You know, to, to figure out what what is the purpose of the big bad? What is new America? What are all these things that they've been establishing and so if they start digging deeper into the the hero side of the house, we will never fucking get there in 13 episodes, especially yeah. with the fact that we know they've edited these things down to a buck uh, 43 minutes mm-hmm. with the CW. You're not going to get the, okay, we're going to run a buck 10 this week so we can get some story in. Uh, like we see normally on the D- DCUs where, you know, we can go anywhere from an hour 10 to 42 minutes, you know, based on the story. So... Yeah, I don't I don't think there's enough time. 
five episodes, 43 minutes. I mean, or seven episodes, 43 minutes we're dealing with. We're coming down to like, what, four and a half, five hours left of storytelling. Yeah. So. Wow. When you put it that way, we don't have a lot of time left. Yeah. And it, and maybe these, or this, I should say, this episode is, uh, could be possibly an example of the shorter runtime. Because I, I didn't have problems with the pacing overall, but because there was there was so much jammed in. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, I mean, sit quiet for 15 minutes and don't say a word. That's, that's going to that's gonna be an awkward radio show. So dumb. That's a lot of time. Yeah. And when you put that to a TV show, that's literally, you know, closure on things that you might have introduced two episodes prior. Mm-hmm. And when you really look at the character that they really got into this week, when you look at, uh, what was his name? Rick Tyler. When you look at Rick Tyler, I feel like we could have benefited for with, we could have benefited by having more time with him because again, going back to those strong elements that they use to keep us connected to the series, those relatable aspects, the, the loss and grief when we look at Rick Tyler, his story is scary, relatable. Like that scene where Courtney and Yolanda confront Tyler, uh, where his parents had died. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rick talks about being so angry that he can feel how toxic he has become, essentially poisoning himself. I mean, that's fucking powerful stuff. Yeah. And I would not expect, you know, a show, if someone would have told me uh, two months ago when they were promoting Stargirl that we would be having these types of things in this show. I would laugh like, all right, go fuck yourself. Because uh, I really thought we were getting to a, a Valley Girl type teenage drama. Yeah. And yet they have a moment like that. I mean, Cameron Gilman, I want to say is the actor that played Rick Tyler. He stole the episode. Yeah. I mean, that scene, did you not feel that moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's good stuff. And it's just something I did not expect to get in a show like this. I think a lot of us you know, can relate to a moment like that. I feel like there's times in our lives that, you know, we can relate to being angry to the point of, yeah, I need to take a step back. I need to, I need to figure this out because I I don't want to feel this way. And I feel that I'm poisoning myself. Time to decompress. There's something going on and I have to get over this myself or I'm going to hurt somebody. Yeah. Now in terms of narrative, I don't think this is going to end well. And I hope it doesn't for Courtney. Because uh, setting aside Beth, who is probably the most annoying thing so far to date, Courtney's got to learn a lesson here. She's handing out power like it's no big deal. Well, it's Halloween. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I wish I was friends with her. You know, don't get me wrong. Give me, you know, the lantern. Give me something. But she's walking around with a giant fucking bag <clears throat> with some of the most in this world, some of the most powerful superhero objects and she's just giving them out to random people there how do you okay at least they had a reason on why certain things happened you know what i mean yes yes you know that the the hourglass came alive when it was around him you know that it wasn't just like hey try hey, this hey you want to hey, be my friend this. here you go she's just handing out the dudes like i hear it makes you last an hour let's go oh jesus I, uh, <laughs> but that's got to be a porno somewhere. Flip it upside down for I, one I'm hour. I'm an hour man. I'm like, well, I'm going to do oral first before I flip this over you and can, bang you. You can beat me out for one hour straight with <laughs> superhuman strength. Do it. Yeah, I don't, 
I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad writing. I'm not saying that. And I do agree with you that I like that it's not just randos, that she is giving it to people that, except for Beth, of course, but that was an accident. Other than Lady Urkel. Yeah. It's just slightly annoying that she's walking around with a bag full of power like it's not a big deal. And if she's going to be the leader of the new JSA, she's got to be more responsible than that. Yeah. And that's why I hope there's a learning moment eventually for her. I'm hoping that, you know, since she's not listening to her sidekick, she's not listening to Pat, then she needs to learn for herself. Then she needs to see firsthand the cost of of the power that this power is responsibility. And I don't think she's learned that yet. I don't think she's learned that, Hey, you know, that whole classic, and I'm going to say it with great power comes responsibility. She's got to learn that she coined that phrase. Yeah. I did. You've never heard that before. No, yeah. Brand I, new. Oh, wow. I, I should copyright it. Uh, you should put it on t-shirts and, and shit. retrospectively sue people for using it. <laughs> um, is the owl in the bag? <laughs> So stupid. I saw that on Twitter. Someone, oh, is that really? Someone asked about it. the owl. Like, where's the owl? They, she better not. Like, she better not have shoved that owl in the bag. I started laughing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she left the owl. Uh, I hope so. So the owl belongs to uh, Doctor Midnight, right? Owlman. Yeah. Oh, Owlman. I thought it, it didn't belong to Doctor Midnight. Am I wrong? Hmm. So that's another hero we have to introduce then. I believe so. Jesus. Let me Christ. confirm. Yeah, go ahead and take a look at that just to make sure. Because I had thought for some reason it was connected to Dr. Midnight, but why wouldn't the owl already be introduced then if that's the case? Yeah, owl man. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we need to slow down just a bit with the heroes. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe set the... Oh, but come on, you, you had a boner up when the lantern started lighting up. Yes, I did, but that's besides the point. I did get excited. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, who the fuck is it lighting up for? Yeah. Like, there was no, like... Do you think we're supposed to know? Do you think it's purposely done, or it's just rando? It can't be rando. It's so, not, like, is it lighting up for Pat, then? That would, he's striped, though. Yeah, don't give him a fucking lantern. Well, we gotta find the ring. The, the, the lantern doesn't do shit without a ring. So is it the kid? I hope it's not the oh kid. Oh my god. I hope it's not the kid. <laughs> Please don't be the kid. Uh, I mean, he, Hal Jordan tends to be a smart ass sometimes, so maybe oh, he wow. would uh kind of fit in that type of character. Dude, I feel so bad for Pat. If ever all these little kids are are worthy of being a superhero, but they made it a point on the first episode, not you. Not you. <laughs> whatever whatever happens, not you. It's not for you. That'd be the worst, and and then Amy Smart's character gets something, and then you're just sitting there like, "Well, I have a robot." Well, I guess I'm a sidekick for everybody. Fuck me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So getting back to the consequence thing for Courtney, I do feel like it may come into play at some point because uh, based on a recent interview with Gelman, the actor that plays Rick Tyler, he did say that there will be ramifications essentially uh, for giving him the power. Uh, in the way that Tyler will be a loose cannon, uh, his motivations, even though we agree, we definitely agree, or I should say empathize with his motivations. They're not necessarily aligned with the rest of the team. I mean, they're not called the justice or the revenge society of America. And he's, he through he was seething and he's, I'm out for revenge. So Gelman mentions that his anger will throw a wrench into into the mix 
and um, that he can be a powerful asset, but he's also going to be a great liability. So that liability aspect needs to go back to Courtney. There has got to be some responsibility put. So do do you think that his anger is going to be like, oh, shit, I've already blown my wad today and I shouldn't have in this situation and now I can't protect my friends? I didn't think about that. And that makes sense. Basically using that one hour for silly reasons. Yeah. To, to lash out and then when he needs it he does not have the power yeah damn that would be good i mean actually it, that'd that, be I really mean, good because i like i was thinking about that while i was watching the show like our man would be a good like formula tv show mm-hmm. to sit there and watch all these scenarios play out but you need to pick the proper time to use your hour <laughs> be- <Make> it <laughs> Yeah, I like that, dude. Right? You're yeah. just like, oh, uh, she should use it now. And be like, why didn't you use your hour? I'm like, something more important might come up today. Dude, that might be a sucky power, though. Like, when you really think about it, imagine being a superhero where you only have power for one what hour. What if you sneezed and the fucker flipped over and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Or what if you thought shit was about to go down and it was just like a, like you heard a bunch of rumbling. It was just simply an airplane flying overhead. <laughs> and then an hour later when you needed it, you don't have it. Yeah. That's a shitty power. <laughs> Give me the goggles instead. Uh, yeah, I, I would prefer the. I mean, shit. Well, I'm the detective from the network. Of course, yeah. I want the goggles that can do my Googling without anything. I, yeah, that's exactly what I'd want to. I think out of all that stash, I think that's what, the direction I would go. Yeah. So. All right. So. Everything that we just covered. On paper. Let me let me backtrack. Everything we just went over, I obviously am enjoying it for the most part. But on paper, there are some issues. Critically, and I'm I'm anxious to see if you agree or not. This episode had way too much jammed into it and a lot going on. The death of Tyler's parents, essentially two origin stories. Yes, Beth ha- has already been worked in or had already been worked into various scenarios since the pilot. But we are just getting to know her problems in this episode. Uh, Pat's investigation into Tyler, who Tyler is. Tyler's horrible adoptive or adoptive dad, whatever. Uncle dad. Uncle dad. What a shithead. Uh, the ISA's plans move forward. The, the bust scenario in the middle of the street and the violinist. I'm a bit conflicted. Because... Overall, the pacing actually worked. So it it doesn't feel rushed, but there's so much crammed in that you can't help but feel like it is a bit rushed. And even though it might feel okay now, will things start to fall off the back of the wagon by the end of the season? Okay, so you, you talked about the rushing part of it. Yeah. Now, say you give this episode a 75. Mm-hmm. And we take out two or three of those elements and they're able to expand a little more Mm -hmm. that could have possibly made this an 80 or an 85. Right. You know, just because it worked doesn't mean it was right. Yeah. And and that's what I saw here. There was a lot of shit going down. You kind of you agree with me. Yeah. But they did it in a proper way. But if you cut a couple of those things out, expand a little more here, you know, a minute or two on each of these scenes. They, they give a few more things like I don't think we necessarily had to give the broad the goggles and have her walk around trick or treating, you know, and 
the the, the two girls could have went to the party without her. Honestly, man, she's contaminating the show. I, I hate to sound like a is dick, and like, I know we've talked about it are, already. Are, are we going with, and again, it's just weird that I'm comparing her. It's a short-haired, curly-haired girl with glasses, but Stranger Things Barb. Oh. That really had nothing to do with anything. Went into the upside down. Everybody forgot the, who the fuck she was. Yeah, and Nobody the, cared. And then the second season was all about justice for Barb. And I'm like, she was a, a, a like a side character of a side character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know, man, because I feel like this episode might be an example of them having to cut 15 minutes because of the resyndication deal with the CW. Because I almost feel like this episode was already written and it was about Tyler. Mm -hmm. That's all. It was about Tyler. And then they had to cut, cut, cut and then fit in Dr. Midnight's origin story with Beth because, hey, we only have seven episodes to go. We're on the CW and we had to cut 15 minutes because take seven episodes, multiply by 15. That's more than another, what, an episode and a half of time. An hour 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like they had to double up purposely in this episode. And yes, like you said, just because it feels good doesn't necessarily mean it was the right thing to do. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. And and I know we're killing Barb or not Barb. Jesus. <laughs> we're killing Beth this episode. Uh, she just comes off a bit pathetic, uh, annoying. And even Courtney and Yolanda both treat her like she's a nuisance. So the writers are doing this on purpose. The school it's, slut it, and the new girl doesn't like you. So that's <laughs> telling you something. And you eat lunch with them every day and they don't know who you are. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what they're doing here with this scenario. And it's the first and only, I don't want to call it a red flag, but it's the first thing I've really enjoyed Stargirl when I thought I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time I see something that I'm not quite sure I like. Yeah. So we'll see. And it's also a thing we've seen, we've seen a character like this before, you know, so many times in these shows that oddball, you know, the awkward character, it's just, it's kind of a used character archetype at this point as well yeah i'd like to see star girl and pat interact more uh to me that was the strength of the first three episodes their relationship and after all when looking at the source material they are hero and sidekick we need to keep them together and i'd like to see pat come to terms you know that yeah you know he's a sidekick but there's a parental responsibility mixed into the equation as well this time I think what we'll see, and again, I think it has to do with the boys being abandoned at this point, Pat's boy, mm -hmm. and he's going to get mixed up with the wrong people, maybe with the Injustice Society's, like, you think so? teenage squad, and yeah. that's going to cause that problem there. So, uh, I, you know, you're you're right, though, Pet, it's, it's, we're not getting the interactions we were getting at the beginning. Um, and I, didn't you think that was the strength of the first three episodes? Oh, their, yeah. their interplay was really good. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, it was definitely that way. And maybe we'll get more of it now that he understands what she's trying to do behind the back. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get there more. Um, and again, maybe it's the fact that they're running these dual storylines of, She's trying to find herself while he's doing the investigations and then they'll come together yeah. and join up. I mean, yes. And look, it's playing out just fine. It, the How they're separating them is it's definitely helping with plot progression. 
but also that chemistry between the two of them was was real good. So hopefully we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the themes of loss and you know grief; these elements run deep in today's society. So you know many of us struggle with identity issues, mostly thanks to you know grossly negligent societal trends and propaganda of how people should look, act, be, and do. So that's another strength of the episode. Uh, and just going right into my final thoughts or using that as my final thoughts, I would say that this would get an RMD score of eighty percent. Maybe 79. <laughs> uh, what about you, Bob? Uh, like I said, uh, for me, it was like a 70. I, I, really? Yeah. Or 75. Sorry. Um, that's why I brought up that score earlier uh, was just because I think it lacked some of the heart that we had last time. I think it was a lot of going on. I would have rather seen a complete episode like we saw last week, you know, where they were just kind of hashing out what our man can do. You know, and have him actually do the, have that struggle of why did you use your power so early, you know, and have something like that go on and learn more about him and what was happening. Um, because there were some of those parts that were rushed that I, I just would have liked to see more of. So not not, yeah. not horrible, but not something I would like go, hey, you guys want to get the heart of this episode and or heart of this show? Go watch episode five. That's the one that's going to show you what this is about. Yeah. Uh, That's not this episode. Yeah. And I know typically with shows, I've noticed a trend uh, with this new era of 10 to 13 episode seasons. I've noticed that there does tend to be some bumps in the road around episode five, six, seven. Well, so hopefully that's all this is. I'm just I'm just a little worried because so far the show has been really strong and this episode was not bad. It, it it was, I still had a smile on my face. It's still fun. I like our characters, but I am questioning the amount of shit they threw into one episode. And maybe this is the, let's throw everything in shit episode yeah. because, Hey, we all we're on the CW as well. We need to cut those 15 minutes. Let's find one episode where we can kind of, you know, Frankenstein everything together. And, and you said it right. We we've covered television now five plus years. We recognize the patterns, you know, whether it's a 22 episode thing and we know exactly episode three is going to be this episode 19 is going to be this. We know those things. <clears throat> So the the 13 episode thing, I think we did see that in Titans. We did see that in uh, Doom Patrol and some of the other ones that we've seen from the DCU that there were weird episodes coming into these episodes that were just like episode five, not understanding. Like we're like, uh, this kind of hurt. I don't understand. This didn't make sense. Now, this one, this one didn't take as big of a fall as some of the other ones did, but um, it was you're right. It's probably following the same type of pattern. Yeah, so I'm anxious to see what episode six does and hopefully bringing, you know, bringing a few things that were really strong in the first three episodes and bringing them back to the forefront. As I said, Pat and Courtney, which I think we are getting there, like you had said, because, you know, that ending, the fact that Pat now knows that she has the the gym bag filled with some of the most powerful artifacts in 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 uh in the world in this show i mean come on i'm surprised this guy exercises that type of patience because i'd be like you fucking so the staff can beat you up <laughs> that's probably what would happen right yeah 
Yeah, the next episode's titled The Justice Society. Oh. Yeah. And the and Pat's son is used as a thumbnail. So, you may be right. Did you have any inside information, Bob? I, I honestly, I've been keeping out of doing like if I don't do show notes, I do zero research. I come in here and I just go off of my gut. So there has been nothing me looking up uh, different things or trying to figure it out. So, no, I don't have any inside info. I'd admit to it. Yeah, I fucking cheated. But <laughs> no, I just kind of going off a gut feel. All right. So we will see how things play out. I want to thank everyone for listening to today's discussion. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google. I had a stroke. Google Play and Spotify. Just search. I thought maybe we got on Google. It's a new uh, platform. Yeah, I mean, so many out there now. We're just trying to get ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just search DC on RMD, Stargirl Edition. Leave us reviews. Give us thumbs up. Also, head over to our Patreon page. I can't speak any longer. It's I've, I've hit my expiration. Do you, do you want me to take the closing for you? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Rayman Digital. Uh, give us some money because we're good and you like us. Do it now. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God! Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. Now it's less.